Hey everyone, welcome to Come Let Us Disciple the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Today we have a great episode. I was recently interviewed by Jeff from the Dad Different podcast about my background, about how I came to Christ, and just how to be a godly dad, which God has put me in a position to do after having very little example examples of it in my life. So I hope that you enjoy the episode. Also, if you get a chance, go check out Jeff's podcast at Dad Different on Apple and other podcast platforms. So I really hope you enjoy it. God bless. Hey, what is up, family? And welcome to another episode of the Dad Different Podcast. My name is Jeffrey, and in this podcast, we talk faith, family, and fatherhood, and really what it means to be men who are raising our families the best we can. Though we face struggles and challenges daily, it's about stepping up and being men who are committed to leading our families well. So thanks for joining me on this journey. And today we are chatting about faith, family, and fatherhood with Pastor Tom Neary, pastor, husband, father, and writer behind uh, the Pastor Unlikely blog. So Pastor Tom, thank you for accepting this invitation and offering yourself up to be on the Dad Different podcast. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I mean, it's a blessing to be here. Awesome. And uh, so we're going to get right into it. You know, you guys were not privy to the struggles that we had prior, but I think it's going to be a good one. So stay tuned, <laughs> get locked in, and it for sure will be a good one. So before we get into anything else, you know, why don't you let our listeners know a little bit more about you, who you are, and Pastor Unlikely, and what that's all about? Yeah, it, my name again, Tom Neary, and I'm a pastor in Maryland. I am somewhat of an unlikely pastor because I didn't come to faith until my 30s. I am a lawyer and a husband and a dad, and my my goal is really I love walking with Jesus, and particularly in light of all of. I did what I did before. So I'm trying to help other people know the Bible, know Jesus, and be the best disciple, husband, father, brother, leader that they can be. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And uh, so you mentioned Pastor Unlikely. Um, for those who don't know, that is a blog. And where can they find that blog? It's just pastorunlikely.com. I also do a uh, podcast under Come Let Us Disciple because it's kind of similar theme as here, just helping others walk better with, with Jesus. Yeah. So obviously you mentioned Pastor Unlikely came about because you're an unlikely pastor. You didn't come to the faith until your 30s, uh, you mentioned. So Go ahead and, and share some of that story, some of that testimony of uh, what that transition was like and ultimately what brought you here and where you are now as a pastor, husband, father. Yeah, sure. So I came to, I, I grew up in a, a, a fatherless home. Uh, my dad is, is in many ways a wonderful man, but he's also was struggling with the, the results of his father's alcoholism and his alcoholism. So from a very early age, my parents were divorced and I did not see my dad very often. And when I did, it usually was not very pleasant. So I grew up basically outside the church and without any male role models. I had a couple of uncles who would, would sow my life here and there. But otherwise, I, I kind of just figured out, tried to figure out how to make my way in life and based my future on what I saw growing up as a latchkey kid, watching TV after 
after school and basically the imaginations of a, of a little boy who was just dying to have a father and dying to have a male role model and to be a strong man. So I figured that looked like getting a good job, working hard, uh, having a nice family. And I really didn't think past that. So I went to law school. I became a lawyer. I got married and had kids, but all at the same time I was I was dying. Mm. I was trapped in the same cycle my dad and my grandfather had been struggling with alcohol and struggling with just life and really trying to make sense of it. So I had gotten what I wanted, which was a good job. Yeah. I had a steady career. I was had a wonderful wife, started to have kids, and I was just miserable. I was just every single day was pain and the suspicion that there was more than that until I got to a point where my career was going well, but it just was everyday pain, everyday struggling, everyday that thinking, is this it? Is this all there is? And at the same time, just struggling with alcohol too. So just drink drinking every day until my wife, thankfully, met some believers when she was she was a believer, but she was imperfect a believer, if you mm -hmm. if you put it that way. She grew up in a in a tradition that doesn't really value a personal relationship with Christ and was very strong on rituals and tradition and the outward, but didn't really understand the greatness of Jesus Christ and how, how awesome he is personally. So she started having doing Bible studies with some gals at work, and she had been really crushed with the fact that I was obviously not a believer. And that word I would have said I was, but I really wasn't. And got more apparent as we're going along in our, our marriage. How did how did you two meet? How did you and your, your wife meet? Uh, we went to college together. Okay. So we, we met when we've known each other for 30 years now. Crazy to think about. Yeah. So she started taking off her faith and it was really obvious that our relationship changed and it had nothing to do with me or anything that I was doing. I was carrying out the same stuff from my childhood, the, the dysfunctional stuff and being the, the difficult person that I could be at times. And she just started, started loving me better and started being filled with joy. The obvious results of a growing relationship with Christ and I was just left all alone, miserable by myself, yeah. <laughs> arguing with myself. And and the more she prayed, the more she trusted, and the more she grew. I got first got angrier, and then I got envious until the point that I, I had to come to her and say, uh, you know, honey, it, I all right, I get it, I get it. Jesus is real, I get it. I have a problem, but I, I have no idea what to, what to do about this because our whole family dynamic growing up was all about drinking and dysfunction. And I, I was just not equipped to stop drinking. It was just nothing in me. And praise the Lord, she, she just said to me, all right, let's, let's pray. And we were sitting in, in our living room. We got down our knees and after, it was 30 something years of drinking from the time I was 12 till my mid thirties. And I got up, she prayed, we prayed the Lord for, to really take it away. And I got up and I haven't drank since. Wow. And at the same time, there was other people who were ministering to me and witnessing to me. And uh, I was working with a gal who was a pastor's wife. And 
it just was the way the God works. It's usually not just one person. It's he, he gets you surrounded. Yeah, yeah. And he just keeps working. And, and from that point on, we we also had a cult of sorts come and and speak to us. And it it's a works based cult. So they they said, you know, you have to if you want to be saved, you have to do this, this, this. They they cherry picked all of those scary verses in the Bible, like <laughs> from James and from that have taken on at a context, it, it can be really scary and, and overwhelming. And they they left the house and I felt just destroyed because I knew I know me. I'm not a type A person and I know how I was then that I, I could never live up to any of that. Yeah. And my wife, to her credit, took the Bible and said, Okay, they said that here. Your lawyer, look at what this this says, and we started studying the Bible together, and pretty much took off from there. Wow, that that is an amazing story, and look where you are now as Pastor Tom, and you're you're a head pastor of your church, correct? Yeah, yeah, we're we're a church plan. That is amazing. We we started the church. You know, well, I guess we'll we'll kind of segue. Uh, so that first portion obviously was telling us your testimony. Uh, sharing some of that background in terms of your faith. As you're speaking, obviously your wife played a, a very key part in that transformation of where you were and where you are now. Would you say, you know, if it wasn't for her or if it wasn't for the hand of God upon your life, where where do you think Pastor Tom, or what do you think Tom, right? Not even Pastor. What do you think Tom <laughs> uh, would be right now? Well, I, I used to say jokingly that, that and this is reflects where I was at the time that I would make someone a good ex-husband some way, someday, excuse me, because I, I just was so from a dysfunctional family from my, my dad wasn't around and my mom had lots of challenges. I, I had no ability to interact with the world. I, I didn't know how to love people. I didn't know how to care for people. I didn't know how to be a full grown adult adult. So I was just, you, you know, they say with, particularly with alcoholism, you get stuck by the, the day, by the age that you start. So if not for the Lord, life would have ground me down. Life would have destroyed me because I was well on my way to destroying myself. And there was nothing in me that could fix it. That's, that's what I find so hopeful because I know that I never could have gotten to this place by myself. And it just, there was nothing of background. There's nothing in me that could be a loving father, even a loving husband. It's only the Lord that came and just took hold of me. And then through studying his words, working on Bible study, book studies, watching other men in, in the Lord, that's what really changed me. Wow. Wow. That, that is amazing. You know, obviously you're, you're where you're at now and you know, what role is faith playing now in, in the way that you lead your family? Oh, faith. Faith, faith is everything. The, <laughs> I, I, I say the, the, I named it pastor on life because it, it's, it's just so surprising still that we are here. My, I told my dad and that I had started a church and become a pastor and his response was just, he, he laughed and said, I never thought we'd have one of those in the family. <laughs> <laughs> and the, because of my, after getting saved and after living in the joy of Jesus, after living the peace of Jesus for some time, my life before, which was so unpeaceful, so filled with anxiety, so filled with 
chasing after things that were just not not fulfilling. Our whole, as a family, our goal is to follow Christ the best we can. My, my wife is a wonderful woman of God, and praise the Lord, we're both are both very clear on what we want, which is as much Jesus in our life as we can. And then we want to pass that on to our kids deliberately and on, on purpose in, in what we do. You know, people say, well, we will leave the choice of, of religion to our kids. Well, we'll let them grow up and then they'll choose at some point. But if you do that, you're, you're already choosing. You're just choosing not to teach and not to point them and not to raise them up in the Lord. They, they will have a choice, like you said earlier in our discussion. You get to the teenage years and then they have a choice to make a decision on their own to follow the faith. But until then, you teach them, you point them. The whole family wants to be gathered around Jesus. And that that's reflected in, in our family because, you know, my wife helps me all the time with church and we do Bible study together and we, we encourage each other in the Lord. We do Bible study as a family with kids. And we, my two oldest children do lead worship at church. And we made a decision early on that when, once they showed affinity for music, we encourage them in it and encourage them with Christian music and worship and give them opportunities to do it under uh, responsible adults. So when Jesus says in the book of Hebrews or whoever the writer of Hebrews talking about Jesus, to keep your eyes on Jesus, the language indicates that it's the exclusion of everything else. So as we walk through life, we love people, we look at people, we care about people, but we're always fixed on Jesus and following him and that living that out all over the place, all, all through our lives. Yeah, that that is awesome. You know, I was, um, you know, in my devotions, you know, I, I read something and it says, you know, if you're not praying uh, to God uh, for your role as a dad, uh, then, you know, that that that's an issue. That's a problem. I think giving our roles as husband fathers and leaders to our families that that is a big role and that's part of why dad different is so important to me is that it's not it's not something that i'm taking lightly you know obviously we've had men in our lives who obviously didn't step up and be and fill that role as best as they can and so now it really is up to us to to raise our families the best that we can to to be those leaders to uh you know, foster that environment, and especially as believers in Christ, uh, to lead and to lead well. So, you know, and that brings me to a, another question for you, Pastor Tom, is, you know, obviously as a pastor, you're seen as a spiritual father to some, right? How do you balance between a spiritual father to some and uh, your own family, your own natural family? That's a good question. And I think it's some, somewhat based on the cultural view of church, and and pastoring, you, you do have to balance home and, and church, but the, the requirements for for being a pastor or an elder from First Timothy and then Titus are all examinations that they're all public things that should be present at the time someone decides that they are called to be pastor. So they're they're required to have a good reputation among the community. They're required to have their house in well in good order. They're required to lead well and be able to teach. So it's it's just what is present at the time, just expressed in a different position. I remember when when I first read these, the first Timothy three in particular, I, I thought that was 
going to be impossible. And I, I had no plans to be a pastor when I first got saved or really until God said, hey, you're going to be a pastor. But <laughs> when, when I first read them, I thought this was crushing. How could I ever do this? Who could mm. ever live to this? Yeah. But then walking with the Lord for years and just walking after him and watching him work on me and, and just changing and him changing my heart, changing my desires, changing, taking away the alcohol, taking away a lot of things that, that just were not good. And it got to a point where when God called me, this was just who I am. So like the requirement that you need to be a good father, it, once you take that, which is leadership, which is teaching, which is encouraging, which is loving, it's just transferring that to the church. So there's there's a huge requirement that you have to have good boundaries because pastoring can take your entire life. Yeah. And I, I call it sacrificing your, your family on the altar of ministry where you're just at church all the time and ministering all the time and you neglect your family. And I, I never want to do that. But I, I think it's just who you are applied just in just different spheres in church or, or at home. Yeah, that, that's good. That's good. So that, uh, you know, that kind of wraps up the family part of it. You know, we talked a little bit about faith, family. Now, obviously, you mentioned that your relationship with your father was not the not the greatest. Can you just give us a little bit what that's like when you did come into contact with him and mentioning that your dad and his dad uh, were both alcoholics. Uh, what effects or what did you see and, you know, what effect did that have while you were growing up? Oh boy. <laughs> That's a tough question. It's, you know, if, if, as you, as you know, it's, it's a thing that, that you can come to grips with, but it never really goes away. Yeah. I, I love my dad and my dad is uh, a smart and talented man. I'm okay with it now. But as a kid, my, my dad is a fireman, so, and he's a, a charismatic guy, and he's a literally a hero. So living under the shadow of someone who is a hero, who's this this giant figure, but also is just not there at all for you. And when he is, it's my, my dad is the the. Or he was, he's gotten much better, but I, I call it the prototypical, the disapproving dad figure where he's kind of distant. He makes you work for approval and he, he makes you kind of grovel to get his attention. And then when he does, when you do get attention, you, it feels like the greatest thing in the world. And then at whim, they'll just cut you down for, for no apparent reason, mm -hmm. just to keep control. So that that was extremely painful and the the alcoholism on top of that was uh, there's a whole family dysfunction that you just get caught up in and the result is for particularly for those in dysfunctional families you wind up either following along in the dysfunction meaning you get swept away and usually you wind up just as much of an addict just as much as yeah. a, of an alcoholic or an abuser or you react against it and you're you're angry and you're bitter and resentful then the result is you're still being dictated to by the dysfunction and it, it, you're trapped either way you know that that's where jesus really comes in because he he's what what sets you free from other people yeah he's he's the one that allowed me to forgive and let my family go in in a way and just live for him 
and all that this huge weight just came off of my back and years of pain and resentment and loss and longing went to him and i discovered that i had a father in heaven that was so much better and never abandoned me never was always looking out for me, was speaking to me even as, as calling to me as a young boy. And it was just so much better. Man, you mentioned two things that obviously could be their their own topics and episodes. Um, but the first one is real briefly, obviously uh, forgiveness is key throughout this whole thing. I've learned that. Um, I've learned that in order for you to kind of move uh, out of the past and really what you were dealt um, in the pain that was dealt you have to forgive. And what did that look for you in terms of forgiving uh, your father? What what did forgiveness look like for you? And, and how was that whole process and journey? Yeah, the, the the first part was was kind of ridiculous, and it's not it's not the the best example. This is before like what before I stopped drinking before Christ. Um, I was at a bar, and and this is not a good example. So, <laughs> but I, I was complaining about my family and complaining about the situation and and just trapped in the constant rolling over trying to make it better and my cousin just turned to me and said all right i get it you've had a, a really bad life up to this point what do you want to do from this point on we we get it you you, you can sit here complaining or you can do something different and that that was the beginning of okay i get it i'm not trapped by the past but it, it really came to fruition when i came to christ and got to know my father in heaven and just how great he was and i was still tra i was still longing and still trying to fix it and still trying and i had a conversation with my dad and i hadn't talked to him for years at, at that point and i just said all right, dad, this is what happens to me. I'm going to stop drinking. I know how hard it is. I know what this does to you and I'm not mad at you. And he just was just kind of like, okay, whatever. And no, that's not what I'm going to do. And I realized that, okay, that that's him. I'm not beholden to him. And that, that pain that I had and the longing that I had and this desire for a relationship with him was not really with him. I, I love him and I love him with the love of Christ, but it, it was this imaginary relationship. Yeah. Just based on, you, you mentioned in one of your episodes, the father wound, it just was not real in some ways. And, and just sitting back and realizing that just allowed me to let him go and let him stand before the Lord and let the Holy Spirit work on him and he will stand or fall based on the work that he does and we've subsequently reconciled and but it let me go and let me turn to my family and say wow. all right family you I'm, I'm all yours that's good that is so good forgiveness is key um it is important so obviously you know it gives us an image of forgiveness is you know more for you really to to let go and and be present and, and be there the best you can really that that brings us to the last part the last pillar fatherhood the first question i have for you is now in the role of being a father to four kids right two boys two girls yeah just like me yep. um i love it you, you, you couldn't ask for anything better did you feel properly equipped to become a father and a husband <laughs> i did i wasn't properly equipped to be an adult <laughs> much less a father and a husband <laughs> <laughs> my, I, I distinctly remember when my, when my oldest was born 
and she is now 18. And we were in the, the delivery room. The nurse said, turned to me and said, you, do you want to hold your, your baby? And I was kind of like, no, I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did, but, but I, I had never held a baby. I had never mm. put on a diaper. I had never been the youngest of three in an alcoholic family. I, I was basically the afterthought. So I didn't, I didn't really have any parenting of me, much less any idea of how to parent anyone else. So I felt completely ill-equipped. Yeah. Obviously, we don't get we don't get a fancy manual uh, when we leave that hospital room. You know, I, I was joking on one of my episodes. Well, not really joking, but it really came to, to the idea that, you know, I, as I'm leaving, you know, and this was with our firstborn. Uh, as we're leaving, I, I feel like something is missing. You know, she, my wife's in the wheelchair getting strolled out. Uh, I'm carrying the baby. She has the bags. I'm like, man, what is missing? We have the baby. We have my wife. I'm here. Bags are here. And it came to the realization how, man, we are now taking home a living baby, a living human that we are going to have to take care of. Now, whether you're prepared or not, whether you have felt prepared, uh, it's go time. You know, it's go time. And I think you know, fatherhood kind of pushes you into that. Well, parenthood period pushes you into that, you know, whether you're ready or not, uh, it's go time and it's really doing the best oh, that yeah. you can. <laughs> and so uh, how about yeah. a husband? Um, did you feel properly prepared uh, or during the, the, the times that you went, did you ever feel that you can properly care and love, uh, truly love uh, somebody else? You know, I, I did, but I, I didn't really know what love was. Yeah. So I, I thought I was doing a good job, but really, and th this is where the, the little one comes in too. And I, I call uh, children, I tell people all the time that children are little sanctification machines <laughs> because they want what they want yeah. and they don't care what you want as it should be. We're there to care for them. Yeah. So at, at the beginning, when we first have had our oldest, we, I was really still focused on me and and my needs and my wants. And I was constantly mad that I had to get up and I had to do the stuff and not getting sleep and would get angry with my wife and say, you know, well, you went out yesterday and you had a walk. I need to get out today. So the, the love that I thought was normal was really just, she made me happy and she made me happy. And my wife's a wonderful woman. And I, I, I wasn't a horrible person, but yeah. I just, everything was filtered towards whether it made me happy or not. And I was passing, I was also passing on a lot of that disapproving dad thing. Cause that's the only thing I knew It's yeah. what I saw. Yeah. So I was just difficult for, for no apparent reason. And then when I got saved and when the Lord really just broke me and showed me that I was in, I was unable to be the person that I thought I was. There was also, uh, are you familiar with first Corinthians 13? The love is patient. Love, yep, is, kind. love is kind. Yep. We started church at this point and I, I thought I was doing great. I'd gotten saved and I thought I was taking care of the kids, but I was still just grappling with my selfishness, which I still do today. But the, I heard first Corinthians 13 for the first time and the pastor challenged everyone saying, okay, you know, where it says love in there, put your name, see, see how you're doing. And I thought, walked in the church that day, thought, thought I was doing great. Thought I was the, the nicest, coolest <laughs> father and nicest husband. And, and that just destroyed me. Yeah. And, and particularly the love is kind. Yeah. And then throw in the example of Jesus, who is kind and gentle and loving and supporting and even when someone's wrong, he doesn't beat them up about it. He 
he's forgiving and picks them up and dusts them off and puts them back on, on the road. And, and I was just crushed. I was destroyed. And it, it was just the Lord showing me that I, there was so much me and not a lot of him mm. in my everyday walk. And it was one of those big moments in my life. And after that point, and, and you know, I say the Lord did this stuff, but but it also takes a lot of effort. For sure. I'm, I'm sure you've seen this and yeah. you, you do it yourself. But we went to classes and we read books and we do Bible study. My wife and I talk about everything to try to get better at at the things that that are important it's not just a, a magical thing that some things like like me and alcohol god will take them away in a minute but it takes effort and work and determination which, which is great you know there's many people out there who, who from our, our similar background who feel trapped who feel like i can't do anything because of this background yeah I, I don't know how to be a husband. I don't need how to be a father. But and that might be true. And you might have done terrible things in the past. But with the redemption of Jesus, with the promises of Jesus, all you need to do is say, all right, I'm done. Yeah. I'll follow you from this moment on. You will wash me clean and you will equip me and I, I'm going to follow you and, and learn. Yeah. And so really that that's what it's about. You know, it's about relinquishing what we think we can do with our own might, with our own power and just surrendering that, you know, and as we lead to be more like Christ, uh, you know, that begins to change us the way that we are and the way that we lead as husbands and fathers. So we are getting ready to end here. And I have a few, just two bonus sign off questions for you, Pastor Tom. And the first one would be, what advice would you give to your younger self about fatherhood? The, the younger self needed a lot of advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, the, the, the biggest thing is just the, the gospel because Jesus is, is who is behind everything. I, I had gone to, to religious high school and college but I didn't understand who Jesus was. I didn't understand why Jesus was important. I I would call myself Christian. I would have said half Catholic and half Protestant, which makes no sense. And just meaning that that my, my parents were were nominally that. But just to grab on to the redemption that Jesus offers through the cross, that he died for us. And therefore he's not going to throw us aside. He wants to do a work through everyone who calls themselves, identifies themselves through him. So f first would just be to to come to Jesus. But but then the second, just to enjoy, particularly in when our oldest was a baby, we were so stressed. We were so worried about everything. And we, as I said, we were, I was arguing about what I had to do and the requirements. And I missed out on the enjoyment of it. And that later, thank, thank the Lord, by the, the first child, we were like, you know, I don't want to get up. You get up. I don't want to get yeah. up. You get up. And when he was crying and, and during the night, by the third child, I, I chose that as my service. And it, I found that it was fun. I enjoyed getting up in the middle of the night and I would sit on the couch and watch YouTube worship videos yeah. and feed the baby and just worship the Lord in the middle of the night. There, there's joy in these things that that would I really missed out on in the younger ages. And then the last thing is just as the kids get older to not be passive, be an active dad. I don't know if you've seen the dads who are constantly frustrated with their kids and they they can see that they're doing stuff, but they don't do anything about it. Yeah. And that, that doesn't mean be hyper controlling. It doesn't mean be authoritarian, but take active steps if they're doing stuff if they are going off the rails always with love always with humility always with the gentleness of christ but to to step in and lead because it there's we only have 
usually what 18 years maybe yeah to really hold the kids we we have two going off to college this year and it's a different season when yeah. they that hits take, take advantage step in lead them and lead them well and so i think that is probably a good place to stop once again pastor tom i want to thank you for coming on why don't you go ahead and let the people know uh, where they can find you and the pastor unlikely blog yeah so I, i'm at pastorunlikely.com. also our the podcast is come let us disciple and if you are in maryland we are calvary catonsville church we are calvary chapel so we teach line by line through the Bible every Sunday, starting verse one, going all the way through the Bible, trying to equip the believers for the work of the ministry. Awesome. Well, thank you, Pastor Tom. I appreciate your time. As I always like to say uh, to all the dads, don't stop being present. Don't stop being different. You know, it doesn't matter what your past was. You know, let's just be the best that we can. Let's be committed to leading our families well. So once again, my name is Jeffrey. And I am the host of the Dad Different Podcast, and I will catch you guys on the next episode. <laughs>